blessing. This morning, um, I'm going to do something maybe a little different. Um, regrets, guilt, shame, and forgiveness. Whoa. Yeah. That's a heavy one, right? Well, we find that, you know, we sang the song ended with, um, we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So whenever we are thinking about spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical health, okay, whenever we're talking about spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical health, it all starts with, now, we know that God, there's exceptions, but the progression, we would think, well, it starts with our mind and our, our, our attitude. It starts with our spirit. When, when we experience Jesus Christ as our Savior, then we've opened up a spiritual level that is capable of understanding divine truth. And divine truth is what helps us in all of the other levels of our mental, emotional, physical makeup. Because without the spirit, we are just left to our own devices and, and, and ways of thinking and, you know, corrective thinking, positive thinking, you know, doing, habi- you know, establishing habits. You know, if you do the same, if you have a bad habit as Tim Conway, no, who was it? Just do it. Stop it. What's his name, Tim? Bob Newhart, that's it, the great psychologist. Bob Newhart, in his counseling session, says, just stop it. Well, you know, that sounds like a good idea, but and sometimes it works. But to establish a habit, you have to do the same thing every day, three times a day for 30 days. And you will establish a habit. Now, sometimes we have bad habits. I won't go into all the bad habits we have, but so we're going to establish good habits and establish spiritual principles that help overshadow all of the other areas of our life. Now, we can start with regrets. <laughs> what is it? Uh, regrets? I've had a few. Who's that? Go on now, name that tune. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> you know, regrets, I've had a few, you know. All that going on. Well, regrets. (laughs) Um, You see, the past dies hard for us. Now, that's not a bad thing. Inside, you know, whenever I was, did a lot of counseling and tried to understand the, the, the dynamics of mental and spiritual and all that, inside of our brain, there's this, not inside, in the outside of our brain, there's this little thing that's stuck there in the side, and it's called, and that's my... That's my doctoral uh, position on this little thing stuck on the side of your brain, okay? That's that's what it's known as from a doctoral perspective. No, it's not. But anyhow, (laughs) it's where trauma memory is stored. Trauma memory is when something very difficult, something very traumatic happens in a person's life. Now, trauma comes out the way it went in. So it's stored there, and the smells, the taste, the, the events, even people have physical uh, memories where you know, people have been bound up or whatever, and trauma, their, their, their skin their will get black and blue, things like that. But trauma memory is something that when it's clicked in, it feels like it just happened. And it could have happened 30 years ago. So that's why whenever we're looking at um, changing our life, 
we find that the regrets, things that we have done that have been a trauma, and things that people have done to us that have been a trauma, it just feels like it never goes away. So the challenge for us then is to, allow, to apply the spiritual principles to our spirit and to our mental memory and the events that happen in our life. And it's difficult because sometimes whenever we have these regrets, you know, people, uh, I said something mean, so I'm a mean person. Seems logical. I did something ugly. I'm an ugly person. I made a big mistake. I am a big mistake. So, you see, we have a way of taking things out of control, out of context, and blowing them up to be destructive to our, to our person, to our life, and so on. So, when we are forgiven, we are looking at how that Christ has forgiven us and that he has, a start, he has started, he has established a new life. Behold, all things become new, old things pass away, so we have a new beginning. The beginning is in Christ. So if I have a new beginning, what do I do with all these trauma memories? What do I do with all these regrets? You know, what do we do with all this stuff? We allow the Spirit to touch them, to heal them, to restore them. Now, um, guilt is, um, you know, I always try to stay away from guilt. You know, God is not, God does not specialize in guilt. (laughs) Guilt is a manipulator, not a motivator. So in serving God, you know, uh, we go by some churches and, and you know, they could, people could be there because they really want to be. And some people go there because if they don't, they've committed a sin and they're guilty of sin and they're going to hell. And they've been told that. So I think I'm going to start that, maybe and fill the church. Okay, I won't do that. So anyhow, (laughs) guilt is a manipulator. And so God does not manipulate us. He leads us. He leads us into the kingdom of heaven. So guilt then can become toxic shame. Shame. Shame is a physical suffering or a range with death. It's, you know, in, in the Hebrew, it was what I read was that it has the effect of a decomposing body. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Shame, uh, toxic shame, that has the same effect upon us, and that's wherever we feel totally, um, we're a deplorable worm, you know, we are, uh, bl- oh, it's my fault, the world. You know, I even had a guy once, he blamed himself for the Vietnam War. I mean, he said, he, when he sat there and he said, it's my fault the war started in Vietnam. I go, what? On, where are you coming from, you know? Where have you lived all your life? Oh, Johnstown. Well, how did you start the war in Vietnam? He says, well, I've been a bad boy. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm sure that's why it happened. But, you know, some people have that toxic shame. And it has nothing to do with reality. It has to do with some we'd say some shortage is going on in electronics in our brain. But some people just have that way of taking situations out of context and making themselves something they're not. Now, we, we see that happen with people who are, <laughs> I am the greatest of all the world. You know, we're, we're you know, one, one Beatles said that he was, 
uh, they were greater than Jesus Christ, you know. <laughs> and, you know, so there was like people put themselves in positions. That's a little in the wrong, going a little too, that's going a lot too far. But what we find is that with we, whenever we have toxic shame, it's like a decomposing body. I mean, it's dead. You know, for a body to decompose, it has to be dead. It, did you ever kick a dead groundhog? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I did. It looked pretty normal, just laying out there in the middle of the field, and I went to kick it into the hole, and it went... <laughs> That was a decomposing body. <laughs> What's that? I might as well go fishing, yep. You know, it, it's like, it, you know, so toxic shame has that effect upon people. It just, is a, it just rots us from the inside out. And we find that, what does God say about this? And in Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm reading from the Phillips translation, so it might be a little different. Um, further, ver chapter 10, verse 22 and 23. Further, since we have a great high priest set over the household of God, okay, spiritually, it has to start spiritually. We have a high priest. We have God who is our high priest, and he let us draw near to him with hearts and fullest confidence knowing that our inmost souls have been purified by the sprinkling of his blood, just as our bodies are cleansed by the washing of clean water. There is a sprinkling, there is a cleansing that goes on inside of our spirit and in, inside of our mind, the way we think. It is a cleansing that washes away the decomposing <laughs> You know, if you, you know, people have, um, oh, what's it called, sugar, and their, maybe some of their, their ex exterior uh, limbs, you know, exterior, ex what, extremities, um, become blackened because the blood flow. And so, so that what they do, they cut those off. Well, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to cut off that decomposing, that, that part of us that is toxic, that is destroying our life, because God does not want to destroy our life. He's not here to destroy us. He's here to give us life. So let the word, just like clean water cleanses the body, let the, the word of God, the blood of Christ, cleanse our soul. In this confidence, okay, in this confidence, let us hold on to the hope that we profess without the slightest hesitation. So we find that when the hope that we have in Christ takes over and lives within our heart, that's why it's spiritual, why the, the spiritual part of us cleanses that toxic shame and cleanses us from that. And what does it do? It, it, it uh, without the slightest hesitation, let us think of one another and how we can encourage each other to love and do good deeds. So the toxic would try to get us to isolate ourselves and in, in reality, the cleansing causes us to come together with the body of Christ. So, what, is the, what are some of the ways to heal that? Well, empathy. You know, in, we don't have to be critical, but empathy, understanding, compassion are antidotes to shame. And who is the most, if, who is the one who offers us the most compassion and understanding? It's Christ. 
He understands where we're coming from. So, so as we expand our capacity to observe, okay, look at ourselves, and to do it, do it with a clear conscience. Do it with a clear understanding that, you know, God didn't create us to be garbage. He created us to be his children, to live with him forever. We are not to end up in the garbage heap of society. We are to be kings and queens, children of God, children of the Most High God. We are priests of our own life. We are elevated to a position of sonship, of relationship, and that we are at joint heirs with Christ. You know, God, who is the richest of the universe, we're joint heirs with Jesus. <laughs> so heaven is our home. So we don't belong in the dump of society. We are part of the kingdom of God that is going to last forever. And he, the eternal spirit, the eternal God, has breathed the breath of life into your soul. So nothing like that should exist in our soul and in our heart. So we have to let it go. So even when someone else has, is responsible for bringing you the shame, whether we've come up with it on our own or someone has dumped it on us, remember Jesus has brought you from those things to where God wants you to be so that we can look into the future without the memories of the past. You know, when those memories come back, and they do, we just do the same thing. God has forgiven me. He's washed me of those things. I forgive those who've done that. I put them in God's hands. Whatever it is, we let it go. Stop it. <laughs> let it go. Let go of the things that are destroying our heart and our soul. But there is a difference between guilt and guilt feelings. I know I've done this just before, but, you know, whenever you are guilty for something, you've done something wrong, all right? You know, you robbed the bank. You're guilty, okay? I feel bad and I feel guilty that I didn't help someone. Guilt feelings. So what do we do with them? Same thing. We ask for forgiveness. You robbed the bank, you're going to jail, you can ask for forgiveness from there. But, <laughs> you know, but in guilt feelings, we ask for forgiveness, forgiveness of ourselves. We take it and we let it go to God. He, he's the one who gets rid of guilt because God, guilt is not something God uses. He uses the gifts of the Spirit. So, um, it is as if our old nature is hardwired for self-loathing and destruction. Our old nature. So whenever we think, you know, you're no good, you're no good, you, baby, you're no good. <laughs> I can sing this morning. <laughs> no, I can't sing. Don't, don't keep those cards from coming. But uh, <laughs> I don't get cards. But anyhow, uh, don't allow that to live in your heart. Don't allow that to breed. Don't allow it to become part of who you are. Because, hey, no one is perfect. Only one person, per only one person is perfect, and that's Jesus. And he understands our imperfections. So spiritually and emotionally, so we see how the spiritual life affects the emotional. It, it affects how we think, how we feel emotionally, and how we think mentally. So there is a spiritual, emotional, and mental aspect then to our relationship with God. 
And so what we're doing then is, what's the scripture? About confess with your mouth. What does it say? All right, we'll come up with it a little later when you remember. <laughs> what's the last verse of the song, Tabby? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There we are. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of Christ is what cleanses us spiritually. But you see, it, does, it isn't just a, a spiritual thing, and then we're left on our own for emotions, mental, and, and, and physical. No. It's a whole person. The whole person is taken care of whenever the blood of Christ cleanses us, and we are vocal about what it is that took place. So, it can be, um, can be like an eagle with its wings clipped and stuck in a, cur in a cage, a bird cage. But we're, we're not that. We have to set it free. Another portion of this that affects us is depression. Now, one of the things about being depressed they, these are emotions that come and go all the time. You know, sometimes people have these emotions, say, oh, I'm depressed. Well, some people are depressing, okay? But, you know, <laughs> you know just stick around with them for a while, and next thing you know, you say, get out of the way, I want to get in the coffin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you haven't fallen in yet, please let me in first. I can't take any more. So there are people who are just depressing, but that doesn't mean, okay, Depression. Sadness. People are, you know, sadness is a sign of depression, but a sadness that doesn't leave after months. It isn't like I feel sad today, I'm depressed. No. It is it's a sadness that just won't leave after many months. Uh, disinterest in things that you normally do. Okay, how many are interested in washing dishes this afternoon? It's what you normally do. You must be depressed. <laughs> no. Not making light of depression because uh, people can die from depression. Okay? You have to know what is the difference between a feeling that comes and goes and something that comes and stays. And one of the things is that we allow the spiritual part of us to help us deal with the mental and emotional part of us. If we, if we allow the old nature that is hardwired for depression, you know, and trying to destroy who we are as a person spiritually, we need to fight against that old nature by accepting the new nature that is in Christ. So the new nature, you know, people who are lost and going to hell, <laughs> they don't worry about being depressed, and they don't worry about things like, they just kind of just, you know, we're trying to get as much out of life as we can and see what we can, no matter who we step on. But that's over an exaggeration. But So the blues, I was, I was going to quote that one, but I don't want to sing that one. Sometimes they call it the blues. Yeah, but that's a song, too. We don't want to talk about that one. So anyhow, sometimes the blues come. They, they, you know, it's life changes at the times... We don't like what the change is. You know, some of us don't like getting old, bald, and fat. 
if we really felt bad about it, we'd get a hair implant, lose weight, and stop getting older. Physical. You know, there are physical things that go wrong with us. And the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the wrong thing to do is let it go. No, when you have a physical problem, get, get it taken care of. But we find that it is a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical package. It's a deal. You're a whole person. And, and God, through the scripture, deals with the whole person. Even when you're studying for tests. <laughs> Ask God, help me to uh, study tests. You know, help me to understand. Bring back to my remembrance these things that I study. I used to do that all the time. I got C's. <laughs> but that was better than F's, you know. I'd have got an F if God hadn't helped me. But the idea is, it was funny, I think. All these notes I used to take, you know, as a freshman in college. Rhonda and her friends took the same notes. My friends in, in, the, in, in the dorm in my room, they would read my notes. They all got A's. Every one of them. <laughs> Her, her friends got A's, my roommates got A's. I said, what's wrong with this little picture, Lord, you know? I'm doing all the work, and they're getting all. <sighs> so one, one guy, my, my best friend from college, he was the assistant athletic director at the University of Kentucky. I helped him get that job. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if Bob heard that, he would laugh too. <laughs> I called him up, and we were going through Kentucky to visit, and uh, we wanted to visit him. And I called his office, you know, and I said, uh, is, uh, is Bob there, Bob Bradley? And the secretary says, uh, oh, you mean Dr. Bradley? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, Dr. Bradley. <laughs> and then, then he, she says, well, who shall I say is calling? I said, tell him the most holy reverend bishop of Wimber. She goes, oh, Father, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like that title. I got on the phone right away, and he says, who is this? <laughs> he says, I don't know. He, he would be the last person to know a priest. But, uh, but we find that everything that is part of us is, is influenced by the Spirit of God. It's influenced by God's Word, and, and it's healing for us. Um, one... On one one uh, author, I forget where I have it. Anyhow, he talked about how that um, whether we're Presbyterian or pagan, this was in the 1800s, whether we're Presbyterian or pagan, everyone suffers from a crack in their head. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, it's kind of true. And the word of God is a healer <laughs> to the crack in the head, you know, to the emotional, physical, mental applications that we have in life we all need a healing that comes from the holy spirit it's a super glue <laughs> puts things back together stronger than when it before when it came apart so the human soul is under the discipline the the work the hand of god it's almost like going to a gym you lifted how many pounds thousand whatever you lifted that one lift or con or, or, or Three, three, combination of three times. So you got a thousand. If you lifted me, <laughs> you could get a thousand pounds. But anyhow, so it's, yeah, it's a little different. But the idea is it takes a lot of effort to build yourself up to be able to do that. 
Well, what happens in our spiritual life? We are tested, we are tried, we have problems, we have difficulties. What do those things do? They're like exercise for our soul. They're exercise for our spirit so that we, we can do the things that we couldn't normally do. And you know what? When you, the stronger you become in your spirit, the less intense the wind and the obstacles coming against you appear to be. They're not like they used to be. There's like, they're not as strong as they used to be because you're stronger. You have a different way of dealing with them. You have a perspective that God, who is the creator of the universe, is your God and he's with you. That's your strength. In my weakness, I find strength. In my sadness, I find joy in God. So you see, these things come and go in our life, but we always look at how the, the, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is your private tutor. He is with you every moment of every day, tutoring you, helping you to apply the Word of God to your life, to the life situation, so that the soul, the old nature that is hardwired for failure and doubt and, and discouragement and anger and pain and, you know, beating up on and being beat up on and ridicule and all that, that soul that is hardwired for destruction, the Holy Spirit comes along and says, let me, let me pull the plug on that. <laughs> let me pull the plug on that so that you are not, that's not who you are. Your old soul, your old nature is gone. I've given you a new heart. Your soul is going to live forever. Our Father who art in heaven. You see, our Father who is in heaven, I've got, Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, heaven, you can be there with me. So you see, we're, we're not of this world. We're, we're, we, have a, we have a destiny. We have a hope. We have an eternal life that we are part of and that is part of us, and it is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God assigns purpose and meaning to every event in our life. God assigns purpose and meaning to every event in our life. That means the events that we have used or that have caused us grief and, and shame that those events, God can turn them around and make them good and bring healing and restoration and disconnect from the pain of the past and know that God is taking us forward because God has another meaning for it. You know, one of the hardest things to think of is that when we are in the midst of pain, God planned this. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. God knew it. He permitted it. I'm in it, but he hasn't left me. So what does he want? What is he doing in me? The old nature wants to connect. Ah, he doesn't love you anymore. Shame, you know, you're no good. Trying to plug that back in. Hey, none of the bare wires cut off, sealed, can't connect anymore. I'm, I belong to Jesus. I'm part of the body of Christ. He has a plan for me even through these difficulties. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And even in all of this, the spiritual part, 
the spiritual part of us, <laughs> what is it good for? It's good for healing. Spiritual, soul and body and spirit. Emotional, mental, physical. The spiritual healing can touch us in our mind to heal our thoughts and our memories. But that spiritual part of us can touch our bodies and heal us because it's the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm just going to read portions of it. Verse 4, in your struggle against sin. Verse 5, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Wherever we are going in this, don't get caught off guard by what's happening. Do not lose heart with what God is doing. The Lord disciplines. Is this a discipline or is, that it, is it a way of adding to what we already know? Verse 7, endure hardship as a discipline. God is treating you as his child. As a child, as a, ch a child of God being reared and trained. Uh, verse 10, God disciplines us for a good in order that we may share in his holiness. These things would bring us closer to God. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. <laughs> Jesus in the garden. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. You see, looking at life from the present backwards, we've got to see the hand of God. We've got to see God in this. And God didn't intend for all the evil that has taken place. It was not his intention, but sin has caused people to do things that they do. But the secret that Paul tells us is something that he had to learn. In the same way that Jesus learned obedience to the things that he suffered, Paul's secret did not come home to him naturally. It came supernaturally. That's why I think that in our life, we have to have a supernatural experience in a very natural way. Because if it, if it would be like the Red Sea opening in front of us. It would be like being in prison and the doors open. We don't go there. <laughs> But we have events in our life that seem to block us in. And God opens the door for us. God has a way of bringing us to this place where he can speak to our hearts. And we find that we are, we are growing. Spiritual growth continues as we allow the word. The living word. Jesus is the word made flesh. And when I repeat the word by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That is Jesus himself speaking in my heart. That is Jesus himself talking to me. I'm not talking to myself. It is Jesus talking to me <laughs> that I am his and, I'm, I, and nothing can separate me from him. That's his word healing the crack <laughs> in our soul and so that it doesn't just seemingly seep away. It is, it is the filling of God in our life the living word, Jesus Christ, is here to heal. Let Jesus heal the events. Let Jesus heal the events that broke your vessel, <laughs> that broke your heart, that the devil drags up from the past. 
smash the devil, cut the events, cut the ties to those events, and see the hand of God on your life. And every time those things appear, let Jesus have them. If it appears ten times, a hundred times, a thousand times, keep giving them to Jesus. Let God deal with you. Let God heal you spiritually. Forgive me (laughs) of my sins. Emotionally, let your peace of God that passes all understanding guard my heart. Don't be, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Mentally, that we have a sound mind in Christ. Physically, I am healed. It's all Jesus working in our life. And he cares about us spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. He is the great physician. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the Prince of Peace. Amen? Jesus, we thank you for all these things that you are to us, how that you work in our hearts and lives, and we pray that as we continue to prepare our hearts every day to be with you, guide us by your Spirit. Let your Word speak to us and through us. Abide, provide, keep, and may we always remember By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, we overcome. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.